Ray Pete, Georgi Inkov, we were just talking about, uh, we were talking about Mexico, but what I really wanted to talk about just everything that's happened, you know, uh, I think last time we were talking, the, the Russia-Ukraine stuff was just kind of coming to a head, and uh, I don't, I unpack it for us, Ray, what, what do you think's going on, and give us your unique perspective. Uh, uh, everyone should really understand what the Azov Battalion is, and that they were an extremist group. They were, for example, involved in setting a union hall on fire while there were dozens of people inside, and if they came out, they killed them, and most of them burned to death. And they march under a swastika flag, and their hero is Bandera, who was a major genocidist under Hitler. So they're just about the nastiest people that you can imagine. They were integrated into Ukraine's National Guard because the breakaway republics favored unions and are nominally favoring socialism. Uh, and uh, the, since the Nazis, uh, uh, they, they aren't the same as the Azov Battalion, but the uh, oligarch-related Nazis uh, control the government in Kiev. Uh, the, the, they get along nicely together, uh, and uh, the, the government uh, in the Donetsk uh, breakaway area, the Azov Battalion is leading an attempt to uh, genocide the Russian-speaking population. Uh, Kiev uh, uh, assigned them that job uh, uh, after they outlawed uh, speaking Russian uh, and uh, uh, all, all rights for the Russian uh, national uh, citizens. Uh, as well as uh, Russian-speaking people, ethnic Russians. Uh, the, the Kiev government has have been shelling them constantly now for, uh, I guess it's seven years. Didn't they send the Azov Battalion and they crucified some people in the, in the Eastern Republics? Uh, that's what I've heard. I didn't want to look at the videos. And how does this play into the larger empire game? Like, do you think this whole thing kicked off as like kind of a cover for the biggest crime of the century? Like, maybe that maybe that's part. Of, go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah, you know the Victoria Newland uh, thing that uh, they were openly talking about installing a puppet government in 2014 uh, and explaining that they had. Invested a lot of money in it, and crucial to the coup was having several snipers killing uh, the Ukraine policemen as well as demonstrators uh, to uh, get the people uh, believing that the the government was uh, killing demonstrators, but they were killing police and trying to get them. Uh, uh, against the, the mob. Uh, that was when the elected president left. Uh, so it was a, a very U.S. promoted coup. 
uh, right from the start. And uh, the, uh, the nominal purpose uh, publicly is that the U.S. Uh, under Clinton uh, decided that they should expand NATO right up to all of uh, Russia's borders uh, after having uh, uh, Bush promising Gorbachev that uh, NATO would not expand another inch. Uh, but that was just to uh, r relax the Russians so they could move nuclear weapons right up to all of their borders. Uh, and uh, the, the when uh, Putin became uh, active in saying that he couldn't tolerate any more of the advances after uh, several of the little former Russian uh, republics had been assimilated by NATO. Uh, Russia fought back in, in Georgia and uh, uh, what was the other area that uh, they militarily uh, quashed the move to integrate with NATO. Uh, and uh, that uh, the nominal desire to have NATO right up against uh, all of Russia's borders making it the next step would be to uh, uh, use those weapons to threaten Russia uh, up to the point that they could change the government and break up the Russian state uh, so that the vast amount of resources could be divided up, uh, just what Hitler had in mind. Uh, and uh, this uh, attitude of the U.S. and Britain uh, has continued now since the First World War. That their purpose has been to keep Russia from cooperating closely with, with Germany uh, because Germany has always had the leading technology and Russia has had the uh, unlimited resources in potential grain production, uh, timber, uh, and all sorts of uh, essential uh, and voluminous minerals. Uh, and so if... Uh, if uh, uh, Hitler's uh, plan, for example, to conquer Russia and take their resources, uh, everyone realized that would uh, give Germany absolute control of the world. Uh, so that was uh, in their minds at World War II. Uh, and it continues uh, anything that would favor uh, Germany doing business with Russia uh, has been uh, uh, inactivated in, in various ways and now uh, getting world opinion uh, such uh, that Germany is practically forced to uh, cut off their main energy supplies, the cheap natural gas and oil from Russia. Uh, is very essential to the German economy. Uh, but by creating uh, the embarrassing situation uh, in, in world opinion, uh, they have forced 
their uh, puppet government of, of Germany to uh, turn off their energy supply and uh, eventually bankrupt themselves. Uh, and meanwhile, the U.S. Uh, keeps buying vast amounts of Russian gas and oil. Uh, uh, it's the Germans they don't want to have cheap gas and oil. How does lowlife like Newland get on the record plotting to kill foreign officials and people and still not fall under that uh, U.S. law that basically prohibited um, U.S. officials from doing that abroad? Uh, yeah, uh, the international law is a concept that came in with United Nations. And when the U.S. talks uh, about the, the uh, rules, uh, uh, what they mean is they're absolutely throwing out uh, the, the tradition of 70 years of international law. But I think there's an actual U.S. law uh, which prohibited, I think it was, I uh, forget when, when, it was, when it was passed, uh, but basically it said that no, no U.S. government employee is allowed to actively plot the assassination of a foreign government official, um, and uh, this is this is this is a law that's on the U.S. books. And if uh, new, yeah, uh, but all of the treaties are technically uh, uh, the, the law in the U.S. Uh, uh, when Congress ratifies a treaty, that makes it a national law. Uh, and if you look at the history of U.S. treaties. No one obeys the law, right? Yeah. So basically, it's they follow whatever law suits them. But when it comes down to restricting, you know, special uh, the secret operations or things like that abroad, the law doesn't apply. Yeah. So how does this uh, navigate kind of the oligarchs into a one-world government situation? Is this like something that was standing in their way, or how does a person understand that? Uh, oh, uh, they're. One world government has to be uh, uh, ruled by the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, uh, it's, uh, there, there are these actual extremists in the government since uh, since Kennedy's time. Uh, uh, it's been very obvious that uh, they seriously believed better dead than red, uh, and uh, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff was constantly maneuvering to get a world war uh, using atomic weapons going. Well, one of the big narratives, like the the so-called liberal Democrats are like pro-Ukraine, the so-called right-leaning Republicans are pro-Russia, and then the super like kind of fringe conspiracy people are saying, oh, it's a big show, the whole thing is theater. And so why why would you reject that whole thing that Putin is like playing a villain so they they can do a cyber attack and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Why, why would you like vehemently reject that? Uh, uh, the, the uh, Trump was, was a big uh, uh, interference with uh, their plan, uh, uh, the American plan to uh, establish, uh, uh, to keep Germany as a puppet state and to do everything to end up uh, dissolving the Russian state. Uh, and when uh, Trump said he could do business with Russia, and he didn't think 
wars were a good idea, uh, immediately they said he was conspiring uh, with Putin. Uh, and uh, the, that whole thing uh, was a, a, a conspiratorial fabrication coming out of uh, the Democrats' uh, party organization uh, with Hillary leading the way, uh, referring to uh, Putin as a Hitler. And then where do you see this all leading? You know, like the last time we talked, it felt like it was just getting off the ground and it's like gotten so intense so quickly and it's hard to imagine that it's going to go, it's not going to get a lot worse. (laughs) Where Russia is losing ground is in their public relations uh, because the the story of uh, satanic Putin has been so efficiently propagated, even sane people uh, can't hear what they hear and can't uh, see what they read. Like, like someone emailed me that uh, Putin, on the day he recognized the republics, said his purpose was to decommunize the Ukraine, that he is actually a, a fascist. Uh, and what I heard him say in that speech was his purpose was to denazify the Ukraine, nothing about decommunizing them. Uh, and so his purpose, uh, since the breakaway republics favored uh, uh, socialism and unions, uh, uh, they they had to say that his purpose in uh, stopping the Azov battalion from shelling civilians, uh, his purpose really was to go in and commit genocide against the socialists. Have you seen the other claims that Putin is basically trying to reestablish the USSR? Uh, I've heard suggestions of that, but uh, under him, uh, uh, one of the critics' uh, uh, lines is to say that uh, because uh, Putin frequently uses the word God, and spiritual values and traditional morality, that that means he's uh, uh, not very secret fascist. But uh, the the communists uh, got to the point where uh, uh, Stalin, Stalin had stopped the active persecution of religion in the early 1940s because he saw that uh, nearly everyone in Russia was a, an orthodox true believer. And so he uh, said, what's, what's the Socialist Party uh, doing uh, persecuting their main supporters? Uh, and uh, Putin is uh, following Stalin to, to that degree. He's uh, uh, using the common concepts natural to his country uh, of uh, spiritual values, uh, 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 honoring traditional morality, uh, and uh, uh, speaking in, in uh, terms involving uh, references to God, uh, and that really offends, uh, like a lot of the so-called uh, uh, Marxists and communists in Russia, uh, hate him for that. They want to go back to the uh, 
uh, old-fashioned persecution of of believers, and and so when when he talks in a, a national uh, ethnic manner, uh, they say that means he's a fascist and what uh, wants to, uh, among other things, uh, uh, restore the, the kind of communism uh, that existed under uh, Stalin and others. Have you seen some of the polls in the former Soviet republics? I think with the notable exception, and, I, and not by far, with the notable exception of Kazakhstan, uh, the actual people on the ground in, in numbers of two-thirds or more favor the return of the Soviet Union simply because they say their lives were uh, more stable or, or at least uh, more human under the old system. And right now, you have 1% owning everything and 99% living in, in basically abject poverty and fear. Uh, yeah, the, the average citizen uh, lost everything, pensions, uh, jobs, and so on. And for, uh, the, Transferring state property to the oligarchs uh, under, with the leadership of e economists from Harvard. Yeah. Do Do you think there's a well, how would you estimate the risk of a I don't know third world war? Because the way things are going now, if Russia wins the war in Ukraine, um, basically the um, uh, it throws a major major uh, major wrench into the will of the plans that the West had for this part of the world. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I think uh, uh, Biden is already showing uh, that uh, the that, that would totally make the Western rulers insane. And the way he talks is uh, pretty insane. And also, the West kind of loses credibility if Russia achieves its goal in Ukraine. Then basically, it shows the West and the entire world that. It, it's still a great power, um, and it can pose credible challenge to the empire. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a great problem for the West. Uh, uh, they see it as a potentially uh, a ter terminal condition for them, so they will uh, resort to anything uh, to uh, resist that. Uh, I, I think... Uh, uh, they're going to uh, start uh, saying that uh, even though uh, the Ukraine was easy to defeat, uh, the Russians had to use massive uh, 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 genocidal uh, methods, and they'll be claiming that uh, Russia has committed atrocities all across the country. Yeah. Uh, they... Uh, the shelling of the breakaway republics has killed at least 10,000 people over these last seven years. And even if we put aside the the, the the actual winning the war in Ukraine, now Russia being isolated financially and politically uh, under the, of course, the guidance of the empire, um, it's, it's Russia and China are being pushed together by basically no desire of their own, but now they have to cooperate in order to survive this. And if they come up with an alternative payment system and start trading all these commodities in something other than the, the U.S. dollar, then that's pretty much game over for the dollar, wouldn't it be? Uh, yeah, that, that's what the West has seen coming now for years. Uh, and uh, when the U.S. Uh, froze Russian assets and uh, 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 
stopped the financial uh, transactions. The, the Russians had almost equivalent power. Uh, they could have frozen uh, the Western assets in Russia uh, with great damage to people in the U.S. and could turn off their uh, cheap gas uh, and uh, several other uh, things that they could have retaliated with it against the sanctions. But what they're doing is uh, not trying to uh, punish the West, but trying to just shift their business dealings towards China. Right, but economically united Russia and China are essentially, that's a checkmate for the West. Um, other than a major war to subjugate that, 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 that union, the West doesn't really have any other cards. Uh, no, uh, I think it's uh, almost unavoidable that, that China and Russia are going to come out in a functional control position. Okay, so if the the elite wanted eventually the U.S. dollar to go away anyway, so that they can replace it with their um, digital currency, do you think that may actually help their plans? The fact that the Russia and China alliance may accelerate the demise of the dollar, or do you think it's happening too fast for their taste? I, I, I'm not sure, but uh, I think the dollar is already experiencing uh, that movement away from the petroleum supported dollar uh, and uh, that was uh, uh, going away from the petroleum dollar was what uh, got Iraq and Libya murdered uh, they were introducing uh, a gold back uh, uh, finance system so they had to be killed to, to save the value of the dollar but uh, now they can't do that to China and Russia who are uh, moving uh, basically in that same direction Libya uh, and Iraq did uh, regarding oil prices. With the way things are going right now and with the war and further supply chain disruptions, which is what the, the elite calls them, um, do you see the potential for inflation continuing to rise rapidly in the United States and maybe even yeah. civil, civil unrest breaking out over these ridiculous prices? Uh, uh, yeah, the... the Inflation is already happening because of the actions they've taken uh, for, for the pandemic, but uh, I think it's blending right into the uh, the world moving away with with China and Russia getting together. So I th think there's nowhere to go for the dollar uh, except losing value faster and faster. And what do you think would be a move, a financial move on, on the elite's part? Introduce quickly the CBDCs or? Uh, uh, yeah, basically uh, controlling, uh, they can uh, cancel the bank access simply the way Canada did, uh, uh, confiscate <clears throat> the money of uh, people. Independent uh, uh, actions of all sorts and uh, force people quickly into the uh, digital uh, credit card uh, economy. 
But in order for that to happen, Trudeau, by the way, declared martial law, or he invoked that law that's essentially equivalent to the martial law. What would what would it take to to do that in the United States, unless there is some kind of a civil unrest? Didn't didn't take any law at all to uh, do all of the illegal mandates. Uh, uh, they knew that uh, a state of emergency existed. They didn't talk about it, but I think we've had a continuing state of emergency now for many years. Uh, and so uh, they can get away with uh, martial law behavior uh, without having to declare anything. So you think they, they will just be able to freeze people's deposits and get away with it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, somebody listening to this might say, oh, I don't care about the Ukraine or Russia stuff, but uh, the effect on the food chain uh, that's like a that's one of the consequences of this have you been following that at all Rick? Uh, not in detail uh, but uh, uh, yes their their expressed uh, policy uh, now for uh, uh, several years starting well before the pandemic uh, is to uh, phase out what they called the legacy economy uh, the, the small businesses all across the country to uh, destroy them one way or another. Uh, and uh, the mandates simply telling people they couldn't uh, uh, continue running their, their restaurant or uh, gym or uh, whatever business they said wasn't essential. Uh, and so uh, they the, just by fiat confiscated or destroyed businesses, forcing people uh, to deal with places uh, like Amazon. Uh, and so Jeff Bezos practically has doubled his wealth because of the pandemic. And I was specifically referring to it like it doesn't Russia export like all of the wheat or something. And so that would hurt farmers even more. U- Ukraine. 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 Yeah. Ukraine. Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, they could do all kinds of uh, boycotts. Uh, uh, they could find uh, uh, many other markets in the U.S. and Europe uh, for uh, all of their uh, excess production, uh, grain and petroleum in particular, but uh, uh, rare minerals uh, that are essential to the Western economy. Uh, they could turn those off, simply turn off uh, Western technology industry. And Russia and Belarusia together, I think, are responsible for two-thirds of the fertilizer used around the world to grow food. And if they stop the exports of that, then nobody grows food no matter where they are, uh, at, yeah. at least at, at an industrial uh, level, right? I mean, any, people they're, can do it in their yards. They're in, a, they're in a position of tremendous leverage over uh, Europe and the U.S., but uh, they see uh, uh, such actions as leading to retaliation militarily, and uh, they're, they're very uh, controlled in not retaliating for, for the uh, sanctions. And then again, people hate uh, when I ask you to speculate, but could you see maybe a cyber attack performed by CIA and associated uh, institutions uh could that be like a sinking of the Lusitania or something to get us into some kind of uh, war situation? Uh, 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 yeah, uh, and it could happen anywhere uh, uh, as long as it 
is convincingly uh, blamable uh, on the Russians. Uh, that's their basic thing. And, and that I mean, it doesn't even have to be convincingly blamable. They, <laughs> it's like the virus. It's whatever they say. It's unconfirmable. <laughs> well, especially if and they're, oh, go ahead, uh, they're right at the point of being able to uh, declare a pandemic of Marburg hemorrhagic fever virus. Uh, uh, that's one of the things that could uh, uh, hold, hold things uh, in a crisis state. But but uh, a huge uh, false flag uh, operation is very likely. I mean, the trauma of staying home and not seeing your loved ones might pale in comparison to not having water or food <laughs> or turning on the power. That might be uh, really bad. Um, okay, is there... Uh, oh, go, yeah. go. Do you have any more news on the Marburg stuff? I know you said they were reading a vaccine. Have you been following that? Have you seen more things? Because it seems like the public can only hold attention on one narrative. So it's going to be either Russia, Ukraine, or a new virus. Like It would be difficult for... I, I, Go ahead. Yeah, I think they are so in control of the media that they can let out little bits when one thing slacks in the news. They can pep things up by letting out uh, a new danger. So they're alternating between uh, a new virus, cyber attacks, uh, 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 all kinds of possible threats. And Georgie, interrupt me if you have any more on the Ukraine-Russia stuff. But uh, people did want me to ask you about um, the new information about the reverse transcription. Like, I mean, you've been saying this from day one. So have you seen anything that was interesting or unknown uh, recently? I think Peter McCullough and some other people have been talking about a proof of maybe it was in the liver of the reverse transcription for this uh, spike protein. Uh, yeah, showing it exists in the liver. Mm -hmm. A group at uh, MIT and Harvard uh, uh, more than a year ago uh, demonstrated uh, that the process really does happen in in um, cells, uh, but showing that it happens in human liver cells uh, is uh, very important. Uh, and uh, just by uh, having a, a, a feeling for how uh, cells operate uh, uh, right from the start, uh, the, the claim of people like uh, Fauci that uh, introducing RNA is going to almost instantly lead to the degradation of, of that RNA, and it couldn't possibly be uh, reverse transcribed, uh, and the, the uh, product of reverse transcription naturally couldn't get into the, u into the nucleus. Uh, so uh, that was all uh, like sophomoric molecular biology that uh, Fauci had never studied, uh, uh, but anyone familiar with the, uh, the actual workings of uh, uh, nucleic acids in the organism knows that uh, th those rules are, are made for the drug companies, uh, like the idea that you have to encapsulate uh, RNA uh, into uh, some kind of a lipid membrane to get it uh, uh, in, in the cells. The lipid substance is actually uh, designed to act as an adjuvant to stir up the immune system. But uh, it's been known for a long time that 
naked RNA and naked DNA are circulating in our, our blood system all the time. And if you add a particular uh, a type of RNA or DNA strand, it shows up very powerfully inside cells. You don't need anything to target the nucleic acid to make it go into cells. It can go right through the surface of the cell and begin to be incorporated into the nucleus. So the so-called principles that make such a thing impossible are nothing but the ignorant fantasy of, of uh, the pharmaceutical people in Fauci. But the, the pharmaceutical people uh, actually have been aware all this time that, in, in fact, free, uh, un, uh, uncovered nucleic acid is going in and out of cells constantly, uh, and that it goes in and out of the organism through body fluids, uh, sweat, saliva, uh, tears, uh, uh, urine, uh, uh, these uh, uh, nucleic acids originating in the body uh, are coming out all of our surfaces. So that if, if you put a, a cold object under your nose uh, so that the warm breath condenses on it uh, and analyzes it, then you find big molecules like nucleic acids uh, and proteins in that uh, condensed vapor. Uh, and uh, that, that was incorporated into a manual uh, when uh, Pfizer was experimenting uh, uh, to develop the vaccine. Uh, they warned their uh, people giving the uh, uh, vaccine uh, not to uh, let uh, pregnant or or nursing women uh, be exposed to someone who is uh, vaccinated. They, they were fully aware of this shedding process that uh, is going on all the time. And I couldn't be the only one that was fooled by the 5G nanotech graphene oxide. Can you, I'm sure you get that question all the time. Do you just want to uh, extrapolate on that a little bit, your, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, I listened to uh, some of the early uh, reports of the so-called discovery of graphene oxide. Uh, and uh, these guys said they would uh, be presenting uh, full detailed evidence of how they identified it as graphene oxide, but uh, that has never uh, been presented. Uh, it's just uh, there's junk in the vaccines, uh, physical particles. Uh, uh, graphene oxide is uh, compatible with what they see, uh, and there were some uh, publications. Uh, proposing that for mind control uh, and uh, uh, modification of cells that uh, graphene oxide uh, being uh, uh, able to pick up electromagnetic fields uh, could be uh, designed to translate electromagnetic fields uh, into particular nervous and chemical uh, effects in the cell, but that 
there are just a few articles proposing that, but what they did was blow it up and said it has already been done. And then, Georgie, interrupt me uh, anytime, so I was going to sh- shift the topic. Um, something that I've been interested in this these past few months, talking to different people, is that uh, it seems like there's kind of themes and maybe uh, the people I talk to, and the theme currently is that people are doing, and this is not going to blow your mind in any way, because you've been talking about this for a long time, but people are doing significantly better on like a 1 to 2 ratio of T3 to T4, or a 1 to 1, than even a 1 to 3 or 1 to 4. And so since that's just fresh in my mind right now, I just thought uh, maybe we'd concretize it here with just your thoughts on that. And like, why would somebody do better on a one-to-one or one-to-two, right? Uh, If you're, for example, uh, under the influence of something like estrogen that is uh, interfering with uh, liver function and cell function in general, especially interfering with oxygen as the energy basis, at causing a shift to oxidation of fatty acids, <clears throat> then this wasting of oxygen as an energy source prevents the conversion of T4 to T3. The conversion requires a certain level of oxygen of glucose as the energy source, and. Uh, so high estrogen uh, women in particular uh, are very, very frequently uh, have a block uh, b- between uh, T4 and T3. Uh, that's been known uh, for decades that uh, where T4 in a healthy young man works almost exactly like T3. In women, uh, it's about 10 times uh, less likely to be an adequate uh, uh, thyroid supplement for uh, thyroxin alone or T4 uh, uh, because estrogen is such a deterrent uh, to the conversion. Uh, And uh, men under stress uh, uh, who have done too much aerobic exercise, for example, uh, can't get their T3 to come back after the stress because uh, uh, factors such as aromatase have been activated by the stress uh, and uh, continue to uh, interfere with the uh, glucose function. Uh, And so stressed men uh, and the average uh, woman uh, has a very low ability to convert thyroxine to the active hormone. Uh, And so if you uh, give a ratio uh, that has enough T3 to keep the oxidative system running and then just enough T4 to fill in when there's a dip in energy availability. Everyone has their optimal ratio. Some people do fine on just thyroxine, but they they weren't really the bulk of the hypothyroid population. It's a failure to convert that causes most hypothyroidism. For yourself, can you detect a difference uh, in a, between a one-to-one and a one-to-two? Uh, no, I've, I've never tried uh, resolving it that fine. <laughs> and then, Georgie, interrupt me at any point. Um, so what's the ratio you, you currently take? Is it the four-to-one from Sinoplus? Uh, I, I like something closer to three-to-one. 
Well, so you, so you, so you mix it yourself? I, I'll go along for days at a time with nothing but Sino Plus, but I, then I definitely feel a boost if I bring it up to a 3-to-1 ratio. Oh, so you supplement additional T3 to, uh, to basically change the ratio, okay. And is that a climate or seasonal thing? Is it what? Like a seasonal or climate uh, thing, like changing oh. in the summer or winter? Uh, yeah, the need for thyroid is uh, usually about four times as high in in a northern winter as during the summer. Uh, and for many years, I found that uh, two grains of armor was just right for me in the winter, uh, and only half a grain was enough to warm me up in the summer. And then, George, you interrupt me at any point. Okay, so I wanted to talk about, because uh, we only have 15 minutes here, um, uh, heavy metals, right? That was something that kind of got uh, talked about on the internet a little bit. And I know that you have an interesting specific perspective, uh, including the redox balance into that equation rather than just like the heavy metals are, I mean, they're harmful, but they're harmful in context with uh, like the overly reduced redox state, right? Uh, uh, yeah. The, uh, uh, for example, if you're uh, stressed for oxygen, uh, that will bring up heme oxygenase, which turns uh, heme uh, into uh, uh, Billy uh, Verden uh, carbon monoxide and free uh, uh, iron. Uh, And free iron in the presence of uh, a deficiency of oxygen is reduced producing uh, hydroxyl uh, uh, radicals uh, that uh, cause o- oxidative damage. So the oxygen deficiency leads to a uh, um, sort of explosive uh, 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 random type of oxidation damaging proteins and nucleic acids and everything. So iron serves as like an emergency oxidizing agent? Uh, what was the oxidation? Uh, iron, the free iron released, uh, serves uh, as an emergency oxidizing agent? Uh, uh, yeah, in, in the presence of excess electrons, uh, 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 when oxygen is deficient, uh, uh, the oxygen should be uh, disposing uh, of uh, the uh, 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 excess electrons, lowering the uh, 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 reductive uh, pressure uh, of the cell, uh, and that should uh, detoxify any free uh, iron that's sitting there, it should stay in a harmless, oxidized state. Uh, but the, the stress activates uh, by having uh, uh, electrons escape uh, and uh, reduce the iron so that the iron then reduces, uh, 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 converts things to free radicals. So would supplementing with quinones would essentially protect uh, partially from uh, iron toxicity? Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's how uh, a lot of the so-called antioxidants work. Like inside the cell, uh, ascorbic acid is an oxidant, not an anti- or, or reducing agent. Uh, if you take so much uh, that uh, you experience a reducing atmosphere, uh, that uh, creates uh, extreme damage from free radicals. So the ascorbic acid is functioning uh, as a protective uh, 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 
factor in the uh, uh, oxidized state of the cell. Uh, and the so-called uh, uh, plant-derived uh, uh, so-called antioxidants uh, like the uh, flavonoids are actually inside the cell. They're working like ascorbic acid as pro-oxidants, uh, helping to uh, uh, deliver uh, randomly uh, uh, reducing an electron uh, pressure, uh, converting it uh, uh, into a, a, a more oxidizing state that uh, protects against the, the free radicals. I'm sure you've seen the studies that show that aside from their carcinogenicity of some of the more heavy metals like lead or aluminum, uh, basically the majority of their chronic damage comes from increasing oxidative stress. Would the same protective effect would be seen by supplementing with uh, quinones or other oxidizing agents against other heavy metal toxicity except iron? I haven't seen uh, that demonstrated, but I, I, I'm sure it's... Uh, uh, happening uh, that I, I think could be demonstrated if you had the right uh, uh, quinones uh, uh, of right uh, uh, oxidative potential. If someone has heavy metal toxicity, what would be your generic approach to uh, mitigating the damage and potentially, if it's if it's even possible, getting those heavy metals out? Uh, things like uh, 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 coffee to uh, accelerate a passage through the kidneys. Uh, uh, heavy coffee drinkers uh, were found to have less heavy metal load, especially in their kidneys. Uh, and then uh, the things rich in flavonoid uh, type substances such as orange juice and grape juice uh, have a, a, a huge protective effect. But the the direct collation is danger, potentially dangerous, right? Because it can spread all over the body. Uh, yeah. Okay. So how how would be how would these flavonoids? What's what would be their mechanism of action if they're not chelators? And same for the coffee. Uh, oh, uh, by uh, uh, essentially uh, inactivating uh, the uh, free radical uh, con conduction and regeneration okay so if somebody has an, a buildup of some heavy metal as long as they're protecting from the free radical damage over time you're saying the body should be able to excrete that excess by its own mechanisms there's no need for chelation uh, uh, yeah uh, Han, Han Selye did experiments with mercury that suggests that's how it works with uh, just the right amount of, of uh, uh, vitamin C for example uh, you can uh, put the mercury into a harmless valence that passes out of the body with various chelators. Okay. Um, what was going to say? Oh, the... Um, <laughs> I forgot. Anyway, so let's go on. No worries. We'll go on to an advertisement here. Okay. The newsletter is available by email now. It's $30 for 12 issues over... <laughs> I can't believe I'm screwing this. Three years, right? <laughs> What was the new the new schedule for the newsletter? Uh, four times a year. Okay. Not especially any particular time, but just uh, on average one per quarter. Got it. Okay, 12 issues, which can be per, uh, paid through PayPal at Ray Pete's with an S, newsletter at gmail.com. 
Uh, Ray's uh, books are available by the emailing the same address from PMS to menopause, uh, progesterone and orthomolecular medicine, generative energy, mind and tissue, nutrition for women. And then Progest E from Kenogen, you can email Catherine to uh, purchase Progest E, kenogen at gmail.com. Each bottle of Progest E contains 3,400 milligrams of progesterone. And you know, Ray, in my limited research on hair loss, uh, it kept coming to my attention that I thought uh, progesterone was like the hair protective hormone of, of course, reading your work as well. And seeing seeing, uh, ciprotarone acetate and spironolactone be used in um, kind of pre-finasteride or pre pre uh, um, propecia papers being used for hair loss. But why, why wouldn't uh, just uh, go ahead? Uh, uh, those things are more profitable uh, to promote, even though they have uh, huge side effects uh, uh, and the estrogen industry has propagandized uh, for decades uh, against progesterone uh, because if it was realized that uh, everything uh, uh, good about uh, female hormones, uh, protection against heart disease, for example, uh, derives from progesterone, uh, not from estrogen. If if uh, understanding progesterone goes too far, the estrogen industry suffers. Uh, after 2002, when uh, they saw that uh, synthetic progestins with estrogen cause uh, increased mortality from heart disease and, and breast cancer and strokes. Uh, there is a tremendous shift towards the use of progesterone. And along with that came the estrogen industry financing uh, all kinds of crooked propaganda uh, against progesterone. And maybe for a young man or something losing hair listening to this, why wouldn't just taking progesterone be, why, why would that be kind of an impotent approach? Like why, why would that not be all that would be needed to, to correct that problem? It has to go with uh, general uh, health of the organism uh, and especially uh, uh, elimination uh, of, uh, in the most efficient way of the factors that block hair follicle metabolism. And uh, that includes uh, good thyroid function, good vitamin D function, and adequate calcium, uh, among other things. But uh, progesterone with vitamin D and calcium and thyroid uh, can, uh, not only for restoring hair growth, but uh, for uh, everything in and health and natural resistance will be optimized. Uh, two comments here. First, the studies on cyproterone acetate and the other synthetic progestins, if you look at the dosages used for hair regrowth, they were six, using 600 to 800 milligrams daily. I don't know of that many people who tried using natural progesterone in those doses. So it's the re, the reports are usually coming from people using, I don't know, 20 to 50 milligrams and saying, why is my hair not coming back? Um, also, a second uh, comment, case report, a college buddy of mine, uh, originally from Italy, mountain climber, basically lost all of his hair, classic androgenic alopecia, um, by the age of 22. We were roommates in college, and then he basically kind of gave up on civilization and went to the li- to live in a commune in the Tianshan Mountains in Central Asia, in Kyrgyzstan. Um, and he fully regrew his hair. 
um, has a full head of hair now and refuses to come back to civilization, <laughs> saying that uh, it's essentially killing us, which I'm sure you'll fully agree with. Uh, and he lives at about 14,000 feet and says that life there is is perfect and he does not want to jeopardize it by coming back to and living uh, at lower altitude. He only goes to Italy maybe once a year to see his parents, but other than that, he's given up on uh, modern life. Uh, uh, yeah, the high altitudes, uh, the only thing wrong with 14,000 feet is it's always cold, but uh, there's very uh, 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 lower, in, lower incidence of uh, all of the degenerative diseases. Uh, I hadn't heard about hair growth, but uh, uh, dental health uh, is uh, very different at high altitude uh, than at sea level. Uh, heart uh, disease is much lower at high altitude. Uh, dementia, uh, uh, cancer, uh, and I guess you could uh, in include premature hair loss as a a degenerative disease, uh, and, but that's interesting to hear that he had full regrowth. And he now, I mean, I see him maybe once every couple of years if he even comes to the States, he doesn't do anymore. We sometimes exchange emails when he goes down to, uh, forget what's the Kyrgyz city, he goes down once a month to check his email there. Uh, but he basically says it's not just the, the hair, he says that once you get out of the big city and go out in nature, he says that that he cannot explain, but life is so much more real and full there, um, and he doesn't miss any of the amenities of civilization. He has water and electricity, and that's just about everything he he needs to uh, live a fulfilled life. Uh, uh, yeah, the uh, people, uh, just mountain climbers, uh, uh, for many years have remarked on the euphoria, sense of well-being they feel uh, when they get. Uh, up to a high altitude. Uh, the first time I went up uh, uh, a fairly high uh, mountain, uh, I felt felt a little fatigue uh, on the long walk to the mountain. But after getting to about uh, seven or eight thousand feet, I felt like jumping and and skipping <laughs> and running to the rest of the way. <laughs> So what do you think modern life offers as a benefit, if anything? Like, what's what's the indispensable thing that modern life offers that we cannot do without if we move to live in a more secluded or high-altitude place? I've never understood that, but it's sort of good that billions of people don't move to the mountains. <laughs> They will quickly turn them into, I don't know, Disneyland or something. <laughs> uh, absolute last thing on this, then I'll let you go, Ray. Um, maybe you said it a long time ago that for hair loss, it, it, the intervention had to be proportionally greater than the damage that has been done. And so people are always saying like, oh, you know, I know ex my friend who eats bad and he's keeps his hair and I'm losing my hair. Like what what? That person losing hair and is in more advanced state of aging or stress, but that that to a lot of people that's not apparent that that that's what's happening. Would you agree with that? Uh, you, you've probably heard of the uh, creased eardrum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, it's a sign of uh, aging of the circulatory system. Uh, but uh, uh, bald people have that at a very high frequency, uh, and it's an indication of the likelihood of a heart disease developing. 
and so it does show up in other aspects of the health. And just before you leave, what what why does that happen? Like the the circulatory system causes that defect in the ear. Oh, the the hair follicle has to produce energy vigorously, and if your systemic energy is being blocked in some way, uh, the skin is one of the first places that can can experience. You can live with quite a bit of atrophy of your your hair and skin and nails, and uh, still keep your lungs and uh, and brain working. Uh, so uh, the skin uh, and the thymus uh, 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 and uh, uh, a lot of the uh, uh, muscle, muscular uh, uh, systems, uh, uh, the, the blood vessels are, are protected a lot more than the skeletal muscles uh, against stress and aging. I really appreciate. Oh, go ahead, Ray. Did I, did I cut you off, Ray? Uh, what was that? I thought I cut you off, but I, I was going to let you go. <laughs> because I, oh, okay. I don't, I don't want to keep you longer than uh, an hour. Okay, Ray, sincerely appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us. Georgie Dinkov, thank you so much. Guys, thank you. We only had an hour today. Uh, but again, Ray, thank you so much. We we went over so much in an hour, so I really appreciate it. Um, okay, everybody, have a safe weekend. We'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out.